It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. Wednesday, July 18th, was a typical warm summer evening in a typical town in central Iowa. Nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary. Around 7.30 that evening, Molly Tibbetts did something rather common. The 20-year-old college student went for a run, and that appears to be the last time she was seen in public. For several weeks, Molly's story has captured the attention of millions. Fox News has sent numerous reporters to the state hunting for clues and talking to family members and looking for the story, trying to solve the mystery of Molly Tibbetts. Two of those reporters are with me today. Welcome, Christina Corbin and Andrew Kuyper. Thanks for having me, Bill. Christina, you are in Grinnell, Iowa today. How far is that from Molly's last location? Hi there, Bill. Yes, Grinnell, Iowa is about a 15-minute drive from Brooklyn where Molly was last seen running. And everything's, everything's small-town Iowa, right? Population 1,500 in a town like Brooklyn, Iowa? Yeah, you know, it's very quiet around here. Um, you know, this neighborhood looks like it could be anywhere in America. Um, very few cars passing by, children out on their bikes. Um, really, it could be it could be anywhere. Yeah, we um, this week, in fact, Christina, you had an interview mm-hmm. with the boyfriend of the brother, correct? And yes. they live together, and that is apparently where Molly was spending the night, the evening of the eighteenth, watching their dogs. Is that correct? Yes, we uh, spoke exclusively to Blake Jack yesterday. He is the brother of Molly's boyfriend, and he owns the home in Brooklyn, Iowa, where she was staying. He told us there was no sign of a struggle at the home. Uh, He told us Molly's cell phone, Fitbit, earbuds, and armband are missing from that home. She used that armband when she ran as a way to hold her phone. So that's an interesting piece of information. How how would he know that there was nothing disturbed? Did Did he explain that or describe that to you? Well, when he returned to the home, he was, uh, you know, away on a job, uh, as was Molly's boyfriend. And when they all returned to the home, there was no obvious sign of a struggle uh, inside the home or outside on sort of the porch area uh, in front of the home. Uh, Of course, you know, we're not hearing anything from investigators. They did come in there with a dog. They did search for clues. Uh, and they're very tight-lipped about it. But uh, the brother says, you know, when they returned, there was nothing. It looked just the way they had left it. Uh-huh. Andrew, you've been to this home. I have. What's it like? Um, this is a, a very typical, it's a nice home for the neighborhood, but it's a, it's a rather large home. I think it was, they moved in recently. Um, big backyard, butts right up to a large cornfield. Um, gravel road running off to the side. Um, it's really kind of an end-of-the-neighborhood type of home, but mm-hmm. it, it's nice. There's a place set out front. Uh, it's right next to a an electrical utility company right next door, um, so it's pretty. It's pretty. It's a little isolated yeah, from the rest of the neighborhood. Have you um, suggesting it's on the outskirts of town, or what do you mean isolated? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is towards the outskirts of town. Okay. It's it's big open farm country beyond so that. You've talked to family members, right? I have. What, what do you think was the most interesting tidbit you heard in Iowa? Um, to be quite honest, I think it's the optimism of the father, especially, right? In cases like this, usually people are 
It's been three weeks. It doesn't look good. But our last interview that Christina and I did with him before I flew back to New York, he was very optimistic that she's not only alive, but is with someone that she knows. Mm-hmm. What would... I guess he's holding on to hope, certainly. Um, but he lives in California, is that right? He does. And the mother lives in Iowa. The mother does live in Iowa. And, and so, Christina, last week the, um, there was a press conference. And uh, what I thought was kind of unusual is that they started it by saying, I think this was a Thursday, and they said the next press conference we'll hold will be Tuesday. Well, that's mm-hmm. five days away. And, I, and mm-hmm. that press conference never happened. Mm-hmm. Is there something that would explain why they would announce that? Yeah, you know, we've been we've been talking a lot about this and I think either they really truly have no updates to give us or maybe they know a lot. Uh, really we have no way to know. Uh, but that was interesting, yes. Mm. What you think of that, Andrew? Well, I think that this falls into a pattern of, of really tight-lippedness of the police. We haven't gotten a whole lot of information. We haven't been able to sit down for any one-on-one interviews with, with spokespeople or officers on the investigation. Um, in fact, the most information that Christine and I were able to get uh, came from a, a, a happen-chance run-in that we had with an FBI agent at the home of Wayne Cheney's. Uh-huh. And how'd that go? Uh, it went well. He was there. He said that Wayne was on his way back and he needed us to leave so we could uh, he could talk with him for about five or ten mm-hmm. minutes. We observed that conversation. And then, uh, and then we went and talked with Wayne shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. And just so our listeners are, are reminded, the brothers lived together, right? They did, uh, yes. At, yes. at this home. And apparently they were on a construction job yes. 100 miles away, correct? Did they leave for that job on a Monday or a Tuesday? I believe Dalton, I'm not sure when the older brother had left. Dalton, the boyfriend, the younger brother, had left um, the day before. Is that, that's correct, right, Christina? Yeah, I think both brothers left on the morning of the 18th. I think they were away from the home for just that one night. Uh, Dalton was scheduled to be at work far away for about three days. But I think uh, I think uh, the older brother, Blake, was just gone for the one night. So the Wednesday is the 18th. Tuesday's clearly the 17th. And they're saying they left the morning of the 18th. Is that right, Christina? Correct. Okay. Well, what is the – you've talked to a lot of family members there – what, what do you think is the most interesting thing you have heard from them? I think the most interesting thing that I've heard uh, would be from the father who thinks that, you know, perhaps she left. And, of course, this is speculation at this point, but he thinks she may have left that home with someone she knew in some capacity. And that person perhaps misunderstood their relationship took it too far and is, quote, in over his head, as he's told us. Um, But again, that's really only speculation at this point, and we really just don't know. But uh, it was interesting to hear that uh, theory from the father. What do you think of that, Andrew? Um, I I mean, I think that's exactly right. That was was certainly what what perked our ears up during that conversation with him. Um, He also said that he hopes that, you know, it's unfortunate that it's come to this, but he hopes that the $300,000 that's been raised for the safe Mm -hmm. return of Molly um, will will buy her freedom, will buy some information from sort someone. Sort of bring something public that they can chase down. And what is it like, Andrew? Um, are there pictures of Molly? In every every single corner of every single town that we really? went to. Yeah, absolutely. Every town? On every... Uh, on over a, how many miles is that? Um, we So we stayed in Grinnell. We, we even saw posters in Iowa City, uh, about 50 miles away, on every single countertop of every single business that we stopped in to visit. So it's on the minds of everyone? 100%. Yeah, and Christina, you've seen that as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And, you know, everybody's talking about, well, why why is Molly Tibbetts getting so much national coverage here? And when we talk to people, it's really they're saying, you know, she's so relatable. This could be anyone's daughter, anyone's sister. This is small town Iowa. You know, the neighborhood she disappeared from is a really nice, you know, place. It could really be anywhere. Mm hmm. She was an avid runner, right, Andrew? She was. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty common thing for her to do. Yeah. Um, and people around town have been on camera saying that they, they, they saw Molly running by. And um, so that was a fairly uh, frequent occurrence. But there was this fellow on ABC, I believe, this week who, who says that he saw her running by around 9 o'clock that evening. Uh, Devin Riley, yeah, he was on. He, he was on this week. Who, yeah. who was Devin Riley? Uh, he is supposedly uh, the last person to have seen her um, out jogging that evening. Okay, so he calls the police. Says, "I remember her running by after her disappearance. After, after her, several days later, right? And they come to his house and do what? Uh, they did a walkthrough. They walked through his house. Investigators said he said he was fairly nervous in the interview. Um, he said that." He put his girls, his uh, his little kids, in the bathroom because he just didn't really know what to expect. He said they were in and out in 10 or 15 minutes. Uh-huh. He's a father. Uh, apparently so. Yeah. Uh, and, Christina, when, when you heard his story this week, does it strike you as unusual? Or, or do you find this more to be a case where everybody's just looking for something, some clue, some hint, and perhaps the leads get blown out of proportion in ways? Yeah, you know, investigators are stressing to the public that if you have any information, even if you think it's a trivial piece of information, to come forward with that information. And my understanding is that uh, this this Devin Riley, you know, he, he lives in Brooklyn and he saw her running. He had a very clear description of her, what she was wearing, hair tied back in a ponytail. And he reported it to police. And, you know, in a small town like this, they have to, you know, do their due diligence and look at everyone. So it doesn't really strike me as unusual that they went over to the home and talked to him and walked through for 10 to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, my understanding is that they're talking to a lot of people. They've had, I think, over 200 interviews um, with people around this area. So that really doesn't strike me as all that unusual, especially if he's, you know, if he reported seeing her out on the run. Yeah, okay, that's that. And that could very well be. What about this pig farmer who's been interviewed five times, Christina? Well, you know, that's interesting, Bill, because he lives in Deep River, Iowa. It's not all that far away from Brooklyn, Iowa. And we know that the feds have searched that whole area, uh, his farm as well as the surrounding farmland. Uh, we don't know why they've focused on that area. Um, we do know that uh, Wayne Cheney what, does was the, Was have... there some sort of shirt that was found on his property? Did that check out? Well, or? Yeah, that kind of took off on social media. Uh, our understanding is that uh, somebody mowing grass um, in an area near his farm found a red shirt. Um, but so far, we have not heard that that shirt is connected in no, any way listen, to Molly's it, it disappearance. It could, could have been anything, right, Andrew? It could have been I, anything. We really don't know. Absolutely. And, and the mom even said, uh, you know, on background that she had seen the shirt that they found, and it wasn't Molly's. So, mm -hmm. so I think that that caused a big stir for a couple of days while we were down there. Um, and there were certainly a lot of people that were hopeful that it wouldn't lead mm -hmm. to more than it, than it did. To both of you then, Andrew, what, what, what's a typical day as a reporter on this story? You, you wake up and you're, you're looking for contacts. How do you go about it? 
Uh, well, luckily, we had a great team back here in New York helping us. Uh, Perry Sheremonti, Alex Diaz, uh, Rebecca Kest, and Jareen Tanner. They were all uh, really doing a lot, of the, a lot of the research online that we didn't have time to do in the field. Um, and they were feeding us leads as well as, mm-hmm. you know, door knocking, as well as talking to people in diners, uh, in bookstores and libraries, wherever well, we can are, go. Are people willing to talk, did you find, or, or not? Yeah, yeah. Everyone there, they really just want to bring Molly home. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that impetus opened up a lot of doors for us because we were on the ground and willing to just listen to people's stories. Yeah. Christina, like, what, what will you do today? Just give our listeners a sense for how you'll continue to chase this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when you're out on a story like this, it's really hard to predict how the day is going to go. You know, I head out and I talk to people and I sort of go where the leads take me. Um, sometimes it's to unexpected places and people, but uh, the best way to handle this really is to get out and talk to as many people as you can. Um, this is a really small town and everyone is so affected by this. So my game plan really is just getting out there and, you know, talking to whoever will, you know, speak to us about yeah, this. And yeah. hopefully we'll get an interesting lead and we'll follow up on it. Yeah. Last question to both of you. And Andrew, I'll let you start. Then, Christina, you can chime in after this. Why do you believe this story has captured the attention of so many people? There, there was a woman's body, right, that was found just down the road. Uh, uh, in the state of Iowa? Yeah, about 100 miles away. About 100 miles away. But, but why, why the story of Molly Tibbetts? When, when people ask you that, how do you answer it? Well, I mean, I think it's exactly what they've been saying all along, um, that she could be anyone. She could be, she could be my sister. She could be a niece. She could be a daughter of, of anyone in America, a, a really idyllic, picturesque, all-American type of girl. And then also I think it's uh, once the media caught wind of it, it was um, the, the characters that are there, the way that it's all played out. It's almost made made for television, mm. right? Christina? Yeah, I think I, I, I would agree with that. I think, you know, Molly was sort of your typical college student. She um, She's clearly not a runaway here. She didn't have any kind of criminal record of any kind. Um, and, you know, she's very relatable to a lot of people. Um, people think she could be one of their family members. And also, you know, you're in a small Iowa town where this never really happens, and it appears like she's vanished without a trace. So it's really stoked fears, you know, among people here, but also all over the country that this could happen here. It could happen anywhere. They say they lock their doors now on a town of 1,500 people. Thank you to both of you for sharing what you've learned along the way. You bet. Christina Corbin and Andrew Kuyper from the Fox News Channel. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.